Hello and welcome back to the Simplicity Diaries with me, Kim John Payne. This is the second part of a, a, a little series on protecting kids from the stress in adult relationships. And this part, uh, second part, is to do with caring for a child who finds themselves in this situation. You might remember in the last podcast, we talked about self-care and what one can do as a parent in this situation because of the crucial nature of securing ourselves uh, first and then securing our children second. It's like that. It's almost like a cliche now, isn't it? But when we fly on an aeroplane... We're often told, you know, in case of emergency, secure your, your own mask, your own oxygen mask first before helping others. So in a sense, that's, that's the way we're going about this. Uh, the first part was to do with our, our own feeling of safety, security and coping and staying uh, as, you know, as centered as we can. And in this part, we talk more about uh, children in particular. It's really tough right, to have stress when you're a child and conflict with the adults around you, it, it, it fundamentally shakes, can shake a child's feeling of safety, of security. It um, alters their, their feeling of, of that kind of um, safe base, that they're launching out from, that safe harbour, that they launch out from into the world each day. And we can do uh, quite a number of things to secure a child in that and say to them, you know, uh, in, in, in either directly or much of what we'll talk about today is, is, is foundational. You are safe. You're okay. We're getting through this everything is fine with us, you, you, you still have me, I'm your parent, I'm here for you, you are my priority, we are our priority, and our family is, is we're good, and we're going to be, we're going to be perfectly okay. And one of the, the, um, the ways in which one can do this the best is to st is to understand that um, in these moments, when things are shifting and changing, and a child is is aware uh, that there are tensions, at the very least, uh, there are tensions in the adults around them, and things are changing. You know, maybe there's be uh, there's a, a, a mum or a dad who's moved out or who is moving out. Maybe it's tensions within the uh, with grandparents and um, they're not visiting so often or conversations are strained. Maybe it's conflict and tensions with a, a teacher at school or the administration and a child is, is, is somewhat aware uh, that things are not like they used to be. Now, in one way, we could say we can bracket this completely from a child, and there are times for sure when, uh, as parents, we've done that. You know, we've been talking to, uh, uh, you know, parent-in-laws, children's grandparents, and we just utterly bracket that from a child. We we just there's no need for them to know anything at all, and so. I'm not at all discounting 
that as an option. In fact, sometimes it's one of the best options. But there are times when the intersection of family or friends or school or sports coaches where it is going to change things for a child. They know it. It's, it's, it's uh, just because their, their daily rhythms are affected, they therefore know that something is, is changing. So therefore, relating directly to that, my first point is to really strengthen the rhythms and predictability around a child's life. You see, it relates directly to change. If the, if the change of a grandparent uh, or tensions, conflicts with a partner, husband, wife, school, official, teacher, if there's something going on uh, that is going to change a child's rhythm, they um, it might be tensions with a with a sports coach if a child is on a team and they're, they're training uh, and they have been training uh, you know three four five nights a week and you've just got real concerns that that coach is not doing well for the child pushing them too hard is uh, out for the win not for the child's development you've made this known the coach has really pushed back it has been in 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 the way you see it um, not not cooperative, maybe even even rude or aggressive towards you. And so now you're pulling the child either out of the team uh, and looking for another team or you're dialing back the amount of practices. This is one example, but it's a real one. It, 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 uh, I, was, I was helping a parent with this quite recently. Then, okay, so a child's rhythm is really going to change. It's really going to shift if they're going to shift teams, for example, and their friends are on this team and they've been training a lot, in fact, probably overtraining. Well, one of the things we can do is, is whilst that rhythm is really changing, we can really secure and step up the amount of rhythm that we have in other ways. So bedtime rhythms really start to become ritualized and very, very important. Um, when a child wakes up, the way they wake up, breakfast time, really important. If you occasionally have pancake mornings on, on Saturday mornings, um, then reinstitute that and make that a really great rhythm that you have, a, a family board game where you play lovely board games on a Saturday evening and you do that occasionally and it used to be a rhythm but it fell by the wayside, pick it up again and start to, and this does two things really, it, it builds new rhythms around a child and um, as such it, it signals to the child's whole being that all is well. Um, it signals to a child's uh, nervous system, actually, and the neurological system that all is well because it creates a picture. A child who um, can create a picture of their day and create a picture of their week through rhythm and predictability because they know what's coming up, it prevents them going into that lizard brain, that amygdala um, hijack that, that I often speak about because it brings them into other parts, higher parts of their neurological function and as such, even though there's all sorts of change going on around them, in, in this example with a sports club, but it might be with a more serious thing of, of divorce or you know, um, separation from a, from a partner, 
it signals to them life is still predictable, life is still rhythmical, and most of all, uh, it signals to them that there are no surprises um, or very few surprises. And this is a key message uh, to give a child when there's a lot of conflict and stress around them because they're kind of, um, they're worried uh, uh, that something is going on that is not okay and they're not sure what it is. And our temptation is to sit them down and tell them all about it and all, all, you know, way too much detail. That's a modern tendency because we want our child to feel secure. Well, Whilst it might be worth giving them the bare bones that, yes, you know, mummy is moving out or daddy or, yes, um, you know, this is happening. Uh, Yes, we're going to be changing school because things aren't going so well for us in that school. You know, of course, that kind of just bare bones information is, is, is often very necessary without going into loads and loads of detail about it. The reason we go into detail is to help. Is our our um, motivation is to secure a child. Well, we can do that in a way that doesn't risk over disclosing too much information, and frankly, stressing a child even further because they don't know what to do with all that information. Um, by providing rhythm and predictability. And if we do need to speak to a child about the changes that are coming up, let's say it's a change of school because there's been uh, really um, in, in intense relationships, disappointment with a school, and we're going to you know, change schools, for example. And of course, a child needs to know that. But when they're told that in very simple terms, even you know when they're 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old, just this is, what, this is where we're going with this, wait for their questions and answer them simply, rather than over-inform. Just let a child um, process it and say to them, I'm going to be checking back in to see if you have any questions. And you know, if you have any questions at all, you can come to me any time and ask me about it. And very often their questions are based around their own lives. They're, they're children, of course. That's not being self-centered. It's just the way it is, and their questions will be around friends, and their question will be around the changes in their life. And if we're ready for that, that's well and good, and we just answer the questions as they come up. For some more introverted children, they actually may not come out with questions. So the answer there is to kind of drip feed information to them, to say to them, you know, what uh, I've got, we've got a little bit of a plan so that you will be able to stay in contact with your friends at the school or, you know, whatever it is in whatever situation. And just it's a 30 second, one minute little piece. And then, and then, and saying to a child, How does that sound to you? And then they might, you know, comment on it. That's for the more introverted children. Sometimes they do need a little bit of help with it. But in general, we have got to be very careful about over-disclosing to children in one great big sort of information dump. They don't do so well with that. So all that cycles around the anxiety and a lot of the the comments and suggestions I'm going to make in this podcast are about that. The 
other one is is also based around a not, um, and this is related, not overscheduling a child during this time. If there's a time of stress in, in a family, conflict, shifting, changing, your child's going to be much more secure if they've got more downtime to process because because change for a child needs processing. They they just need more downtime. Uh, we often get told, well, let's all keep busy. And actually for a child or a teenager, I found quite, quite the opposite is true. They not just need they don't just need more downtime, they need more hangout time with you. Just being around helps them feel more secure and safe. And as such, you've got to really watch the amount of scheduling, the amount of clubs, the amount of play dates, just the amount of stuff going on uh, after school activities and so on and so on, um, visits to in-laws or you know grandparents. All that stuff needs to quieten down and the priority uh, in, in the way I see it for the time when there is conflict and change needs to be on a very low impact schedule and it needs to have time where children are just hanging out in their bedrooms where they feel safe around the house, you know, doing little projects with you, maybe baking with you and, and that is that needs time. And so be careful about overscheduling in, in times of change uh, as well. You can also, one of the things, the third thing I wanted to talk about was uh, telling children that you really do understand that this is not easy for them. Rather than telling them it's all going to be all right, um, th- that's maybe okay. It's not the worst thing in the world to say. But a, but a better thing to say to children in this situation is you understand that this is hard. It's, it's hard for everyone that this change is happening because for a child, it, yes, it is about conflict and they don't like to see conflict with the, with the adults they care for. And so that's one level. And the second level is this is causing me, uh, a child, a lot of change and I don't like it. And uh, Or sometimes they might like it, uh, but most often they don't. And so to let them know that... that um, there will be an end to this. We are moving through. Uh, that that if it's a if it's a separation, for example, of mummy and daddy, the mummy and daddy are working through this, and that to tell them the the one thing uh, amongst others that's most special that mummy and daddy both agree on is how much they love and care for you, and how much they want to secure you, and have you feel good and safe, and and have it be the best it possibly can for you. We're really thinking of you and uh, and the one thing uh, particularly that mummy and daddy have is that they just love you so, so very, very much and that that is always going to be in our mind as we talk together and work out how to make this change. That's a crucial message for a child and I know it sounds really uh, intuitive but it's important that that comes back, uh, you know, every now and then, you know, every week, every every couple of weeks. That that's that a child is is really affirmed and secured in that way, and just saying it um, right out loud. There's, there's, I, I feel there's no harm in in that at all. Um, only good things that can come out of that, and also. Um, 
uh, uh, assure them as well that you're, you, you will do your best for there to be no surprises. Because a child at this time is worried about things that are going to come out of nowhere, you know, and blindside, the, blindside them. And so let them know that when when something when mummy and daddy uh, or mum and dad get to a point where there where there's um, decisions to be made, you'll be letting them know. If things are going to change, you'll let them know. You can also ask them: Is there anything uh, that's that's especially important for you? And let a child have a voice in this. There's there's no problems, of course, of course, and. Um, to have uh, to to for even you know for a, a, an eight nine ten year old to say is there anything that's particularly important for you? Certainly for a teenager, they're going to want to have input into that, and I think it's important they have their voice in that. They're not, of course, going to run the show, and they shouldn't feel that they have responsibility for this. But to ask them, is there anything important as we change, or if it's a change in sports clubs, a change in schools, uh, um, whatever it is, is there anything that's important to you that mum or dad needs to be aware of and it's it's good to really take that on board let them know you take that on board and occasionally uh, assure them that you haven't you really have not uh, forgotten about that at all one of the other things that I've been aware of uh, um, is is to be able to say to, to a child that it's going to be that thing we are going to th- get through this. It's going to be okay. And it's okay that adults see things differently. You know, to be able to say to a child, if it's a separation, for example, or if it's tensions with parent-in-laws or whatever, and you're dialing back on the amount of time uh, children are spending with an in-law, to be able to say to them, you know, it's, it's, it's grandpa and grandma do see things differently uh, it, it's it's true. They they grew up in a different time. They see things differently, and that's really okay. It's okay that that adults see things differently, and um, and and I'm I, you know, your dad. I'm I'm really uh, okay with your mom or your grandma seeing things differently to me. because that's just the way things are in the world. Uh, you know, it's not that I'm right. And, and your mum's wrong or your mum's right and I'm wrong. We just see it differently. And in our family, having different perspectives like that, being able to see things differently, it's really okay. It's just gotten to a point with your mum and I that we see things so differently, it would be, it, we've decided it would be better for us to not live together in the way we have. But it's really all right that your mama sees things one way and that I see it another, because that's just a part of life, and that's really okay. That point about differing perspectives really helps a child not get caught in whose side to take, in who is right and who is wrong. And this is a big one. This one is, is super important because it relieves the child of that sort of tension of 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 seeing that there are different camps and loyalties and having secrets from one side to another, uh, um, all that very, very um, important that a child 
needs to understand that people see things differently and people choose to live their lives differently. There's so many people who live lives, live their lives in different ways and, and that's okay. Um, it's just that in this case, this example of separation of partners, your, your mama and I live our lives so differently that it's easier for us to not live in the same house, but it's okay that people live lives differently. Now, you might be thinking, actually, I don't like the way my wife or my husband, my former wife, former husband, uh, lives their life. There's way too much TV. There's way too much sugar. There's way too much junk food. There's way too much, you know, too much sort of late bed times. And so, so it, it, you know, yes, I, I, you're holding all that within you. But the fact is that's, that's the way a, a, a former partner is choosing to live their life and they have the freedom to do that. And it's, it's important that a child understands that whilst you don't want to live your life like that, that's not how, that's not the way I want to be. Um, that's the way your dad or your mum wants to be and that's their freedom. I, I don't want to live like that. And, you, and it gets us out of the judgment zone where you're right on the edge of saying, and that is not a good way to live, <laughs> Then that's hard for a child. And that leads me towards the last point I wanted to make, last, just the last couple of things, is that, is that is as hard as it is, we have got to work so diligently to not badmouth a person we're having conflict with that really places the child in, a, in, in, in difficulty, increases the stress and strains. Just as we don't want to overshare all that's going on and all our feelings about a, a, a coach, a teacher, a, um, you know, a, a, a partner, uh, we also, I think, have to be very, very careful not to say bad things about them. That really, uh, over the years of helping countless kids through separation, for example, of parents, that's the one thing they comment on that was the hardest and that they hated it and didn't like it. And years later, they're coming to see someone like me, you know, a counselor to try and work that out because it still stayed with them right into their adult life. We can say... We, 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 I, you know, I live my life this way and the family that I have and what we do and the food we eat and the way in which we use, you know, screens, TVs and computers and so on and the way in which we have rhythm in our family and all that, this is the way we live and this is what I believe in. Your father believes in something else and it's different to me and that's why it's better that we're living differently, separately right now. But this is the way we live. And then leave off the, that, that follow-up statement and the way he lives is just not okay by me and I don't agree. That is really, really hard for a child, unusually hard for a child to assimilate. As I mentioned, I, I work with kids who are now adults who are still dealing with that kind of... Um, tension that that created within their within their own uh, emotional makeup L lastly um the the uh, just wrapping up now at um, for um, younger children right through to teenagers at night time or whenever it's right meal time it's often at night time bedtime just run through the day 
you know, run through what was work what worked out in the day today, what didn't work out, what was good, what was not so good, and then tomorrow. What's going to be hard about tomorrow? What are you not looking forward to? And uh, what's something that could be good tomorrow? What are you What are you looking forward to? In the Simplicity Parenting book, it's called the Rose and Thorn Ceremony, you know, where you have a rose for the day today that's just been a thorn that did, it was prickly and, and hard, and then a thorn about tomorrow, something you're not looking forward to that might be prickly um, and sharp, and then a rose for tomorrow, something that's, that's really, really nice. And you can join in with that too. Uh, as well. Now, what this is doing, you know, voiced in different ways for different kids in different age groups, uh, is 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 reviewing the day that's just been, previewing the day that's coming. And what it does is that it grounds a child in that feeling of safety and security when a, a lot around them is changing. Paying particular attention to review the day that's been preview the day that's coming up, settles a child down so they can sleep better at night, and, but it also gives you a little bit of an insight to the stresses and strains that are going on. For example, you might be saying, uh, you know, like, I wonder what it is that, that you're not looking forward to tomorrow. And they might just just come right out with it and say, well, you're, you're, we're at school Daddy's going to be there and you're going to be there and and you're both going to have these really hard faces and I hate it. I don't like it when there's anything. Goodness, you know, I thought I was doing so much better in the handover. Um, and you get these little glimpses into what you need to do to adjust and 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 shift shift the way in which you are. You can't alter the way other people are, of course. But you can alter the way you are and say, oh, oh gosh, you know, I do have a hard face on sometimes, I think. You know what? It's I'm going to work on that. I'm going to have a better face on, but I'm also going to work on feeling a little bit better as well. And um, thank you. Okay, I get it. No, I get it. And the child, if they feel they can just tell you those little things, as they occur. So as they're coming up, as you're previewing the next day or reviewing all the little things about the stresses and strains, it's so much easier to hear about it when it's little and you establish like a vessel. It's almost like an expectation that they can tell what was good and what was not so good. And in that way, you you prevent this from building up and building up and, and just and being a, a, almost like a trauma response when you deal with the small stresses and strains on a daily uh, level. So one suggestion is that review preview every single night. You may do it in your own way, but that's one way to ritualize it. A child looks forward to it. They don't have to join in. They might say, pass. There's nothing today. It's okay. But very often they, they will have something to say. And it's so much easier to to get a, a, to have them unpack like that on a daily level, um, without going into some some great big psychotherapeutic thing. Just it's not a time for problem solving. It truly is not. It's just a time for saying it and then just putting it down and letting it go. It's important because if kids feel that we're going to go into a major problem solving thing, that's 
they often don't want that. They just want to say it out loud, have us respond, have us notice, and, and, and take it on board. All right, another long, two <laughs> long podcasts in uh, this uh, mini-series. It's, I guess, because it's, it's just one of the most important things. So um, I hope that's been okay, that these have been extended podcasts. And most of all, gosh, I, I hope this has been helpful. <laughs> okay, bye-bye for now. <laughs>